everyone. Episode number 73 uh, coming at you, Mark. When I think of the number 73, I think of Pete McVeigh uh, at Wisconsin International Raceway. Um, also, Bill Schmidt, Johnny Bochamp raced that a few times. Bob Burdick, Jerry and John Wood in the Midwest Trucks. Um, they were the first ones that were uh, kind of involved in that and is still going strong to this day. One of our favorite series. Casey Johnson won a race in that 73 truck as well. Uh, Jason Schuler raced it in the Xfinity series a little bit. He's with Pathfinder uh, chassis. B.A. Wilson and David Starr. Who do you got? Hey, that Johnny Bochamp that you that you said, that's always that classic picture of this 73 flying past the guardrail going airborne, looking like he was doing the Dukes of Hazard, you know. So, hey, the only other one, I, I remember the old Burger King David Rudiman car, you know. But otherwise, hey, man, you picked up the rest of the 73s. Kind of a kind of a slack number there. Was David, David Rudiman the 73 or 83? 73. There was a was. 73. Remember the 73 and the 83 were teammates back when Burger King was involved? And, uh, yeah, he was in the 73 car. But there was that one time two Burger King cars out there. Okay. I uh, failed to miss it. I always thought it was the 83 and 84 that were related. But, uh, me, uh, well, you're, you might got me on that one. I do not remember that. But um, I had coffee anyway. today. So I'm, on, I'm on top of it. I had a cup of coffee today. <laughs> Well, before we forget here, let's uh, talk about some things that were just released today, actually. And it was the uh, penalties that were heard by the uh, appeals panel for NASCAR. Uh, So they only heard one of the appeals, which was the Hendrick Motorsports Louvers appeal. This is from the Phoenix weekend, correct? Correct. Way back then. Okay. Yep. So initially they took... 100 championship driver and owner points, 10 playoff points. Uh, they were fined $100,000 each, and the four crew chiefs were, fi- uh, excuse me, suspended for four races. That has since been changed um, to just the $100,000 fine and the four race suspension to the crew chiefs. The driver and owner por- points and playoff points have been restored. What are your thoughts on that, Mark? I can get worked up real fast about this, dude. Um, I don't agree with it at all. Um, they have a panel. Apparently, what is the panel that uh, that um, checks this out to overturn this? Who are they talking to? Yeah, I actually have some more information uh, about this since you and I just talked a couple of minutes ago. So basically, the appeal is heard by three members. They come from a pool of panelists. The Cup Rulebook lists 19 panelists. The group includes former drivers Mike Skinner, Lake Speed, Bill Lester, Shauna Robinson, and Lynn St. James, along with others in various roles in motorsports. And the thing that you and I did not talk about that I have found is the appeals panel members for this hearing was uh, Mr. Kelly Hoosby. I You got me on that uh-huh. one. Mr. Dixon Johnston. Again, you got me on that one. And Mr. Bill Lester. So this is like going to arbitration. And you notice, hey, three years ago, anytime that a, a penalty came down, it was concrete. You couldn't you couldn't bust the wall down. It was legit. It was done. It was over. Lately, anybody that appeals, um, all of a sudden it just uh, goes away. 
they could take all the money they want from these teams and it really doesn't matter. But when you, when you really mean something that you really want to put a penalty that sticks, you take points away from them. That has teeth. Yeah, I, um, without knowing what they found or what they were going after, does the money really hit Hendrick Motorsports? No. The crew chief changes, they weren't really fighting that because they kept them suspended anyway. They must have had some information knowing that that would probably happen. Uh, so not a huge penalty out of this. You know, when Jeff Gordon was on and he was talking about some of these parts don't, don't fit, don't match. So it's a lot deeper than just, you know, that's there. So I, I understand that there's a lot more behind the scenes that we'll ever even know about this. But when you, uh, when, yeah, when you're taking money just away, um, the, the, uh, the big companies can afford it. Um, when you take points, you know, and they took a ton of points and they're going to let them all come back. Um, I guess I have a little bit of an issue with that, but maybe, um, you know, what being an arbitrary, uh, maybe there's more to it than what we really know. Yeah, it's. I wonder how much information will be released during interviews this upcoming weekend at Richmond and Texas. But um, interesting to say the least, because obviously they said that they were still guilty of modifying the part, but they lowered the penalty. Um, I know a lot of people are struggling with this, uh, with it being Hendrick Motorsports too. But you know, when they said last year, you cannot touch that car and and there's areas of the car that is just absolutely out of bounds to touch and apparently that area was um maybe nascar's stand is you know stays there but as they brought it up um it sounds like <laughs> sounds almost like a court case doesn't it and uh i guess that's where they came up with it you you say that the uh, nascar cannot come back against them uh, when, when they make that decision yeah, NASCAR cannot appeal the ruling from the appeals panel. So, okay. So it all it goes down to the appeals panel. So okay, man, we're learning something new every every time, you know. So but get but once when they find out that there's a penalty, every time the teams are gonna come back and they're gonna they're gonna fight every penalty now that because they've got a chance that they can uh, get something reduced. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the uh, appeals by Colleague Racing and the number 31 Justin Haley team will be heard next Wednesday, and Denny Hamlin's uh, Ross Chastain issue will be heard next Thursday. So maybe Colleague will get an advantage by hearing what Hendrick had to say and got their penalty lowered. NASCAR must have a lot on their plate because, yeah, the 31 was supposed to be uh, taken care of today, and then I heard that uh, the Hamlin deal was supposed to be taken care of tomorrow, so they kind of swept it off to next week. So, okay, that's pending there. So I make a prediction right now. I bet you Denny Hamlin, which is probably the more serious ones that we're concerned about, um, you know, quieting drivers down and not being, um, you know, <laughs> being out there with their podcasts and being honest about what they're saying. Um, I bet you Hamlin's going to gain some ground next week off of their, their appeal, too. I sure would be happy about that. You remember the podcast from two ago where uh, I let it be known where I stand. <laughs> but NASCAR should say, don't brag about taking somebody out next time. Just don't just don't go there. Yeah, maybe in that instance. But um, 
I tell you what, it hasn't quieted Hamlin down. I listened to his podcast yesterday, and he listed, um, you know, Door Bumper Clear from Dirty Mo has their uh, Idiot of the Week or whatever they call it, and Hamlin kind of did his version of it and called out uh, multiple drivers for wrecking in the turn one this, this, up, this weekend at Coda. So that it was, it's pretty entertaining. You know, I always said that Hamlin, for me, was one of the guys where incredible talent but gets himself caught in situations that I just can't wrap my head around. So he's a confusing person to me. But listening to this podcast, I'm a huge fan of it. He has a sense of humor, you know, that – the first time that they talked to him on TV, and he goes, go out and get you vaccinated. And really, and then all of a sudden, they talk a little bit further. You know, well, what about the penalty, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, oh, uh, I got vaccinated. So, you know, and he just sat there and just like um, uh, pushing the issue the opposite direction. He didn't want to say anything, you know, to take anybody off. So on we go, on we go. Yeah. Uh, well, let's go to the, the hotline before we get into the Coda weekend and talk to Ty Majeski. All right, let's do that. We have Ty Majeski joining us again. Ty, thanks for, for joining us. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Hey, Ty, uh, good to talk to you, man. Hey, did you hang down in Texas, man? Where are you in this whole wide world? Yeah, I went down to Austin, Texas, and then uh, for the road course race and flew to Charlotte on Monday, did some simulator at the uh, Ford Tech Center, and uh, then back to Wisconsin. So I've been in Wisconsin the last couple of days and uh, head out to Dallas uh, early, early Thursday morning. So uh, always on the road. <laughs> well, we got to go back a, a few races. Hey, you were one of the teams that was uh, waiting for your crew to, to arrive there. What a wild thing that was. Yeah. Out in, uh, yeah, out in Vegas, right? Yeah, that was uh a <laughs> little bit of an experience for sure. Uh, thankfully, our uh, my teammate, the 13 truck, was pitted right next to us. They had gone off sequence. Uh, so we were able to actually steal their crew. Our crew wasn't fully there yet. So um, I guess a good benefit to have four teams. And um, thankful that they went off schedule. So we were able to, to utilize the, the 13 crew for that first pit stop. You also had an adventurous uh, stage one with both Sanchez and Eckes getting super sideways underneath you. Yeah, a couple of close calls for sure. Uh, you know, sometimes you're in the wrong place at the, at the wrong time. We were almost almost there. Uh, thankfully, we were able to uh, dodge a couple bullets there, get through a couple of those wrecks, and um, salvage some good stage points. You almost got spun in turn two on the last lap of stage two just before the incident with uh, Deegan, Eckes, Nemechek, and Chastain. Then an uncontrolled tire on that pit stop had you coming from the back. Yeah, we just, honestly, we've been struggling with our uh, pit crew all season. Um, just really struggling to, to make time on pit road and minimize mistakes. So uh, something we need to work on uh, going forward here to, hopefully be in contention to win some of these races. So uh, it's been a focus of ours. We're trying to do all weekend from the team side. And uh, from my standpoint of trying to make it as easy as easy as we can on those guys, just making sure the wheels come out uh, so they can hit the lugs easier. And, um, just all the little things to try and help those guys out. So that's the focus of ours. we got got, um, I guess, Texas and Bristol Dirt coming up. So no live pit stops at either of those races. Uh, so our next live pit stop race will be Martinsville. So hopefully we can uh, have something, uh, have it fixed up before then. 
Hey, in the next uh, last stage, you had contact with Gutierrez in the 22 car. Did that mess your truck up, man? Um, uh, not to my knowledge. Um, you know, we had oh, maybe a little bit of damage, but uh, nothing, nothing too much at all. We were able to uh, make pretty good hay through the field there, and um, you know, really needed a caution. Felt like we had a good truck capable of winning. Um, we just really never got a chance to show it, so we went from um, that penalty, so last car on the uh, tail end of the longest line to uh, fifth place under green. So uh, it was a good comeback, good salvage, but uh, definitely could add a lot more there. You had to come a long way to finish inside the top five there. Uh, good job by you, and you had a great truck behind you. Yeah, we sure did. That was a track that we were really looking forward to. Uh, we ran really good at Charlotte there last year, and uh, we knew that that setup would, would work pretty good at Vegas, and it did. Um, like I said, just I don't know that we really had anything for Kyle, but we certainly would have had uh, a chance to race with him. So uh, just a bummer we couldn't have uh, raced it out for the win. Speaking about going all over the place and uh, having some frequent flyer miles, you head over to Pensacola for the ASA Stars National Tour after that. Uh, you said practice was a struggle and you went with something experimental, but switched from that and we're just behind the whole weekend. Yeah, we, I don't know. We just really had a mediocre weekend all in all. Nothing really ever went right. Practice got rained out uh, or rain shortened, I should say. So we maybe only had a little over an hour of practice total on really a, a brand new car with a, a brand new setup and just didn't have a lot of time to work on it. And then we were trying to play the, catch-up game by going back to what we know and dialing that in because we didn't have any travel numbers with a brand new car so it was just honestly we were just kind of chasing our tail all weekend uh we probably should have went and tested somewhere uh brand new car with a brand new setup probably wasn't the best idea so um overall it was uh, a wild wild race for sure and uh we were happy to come out of there with a podium Hey, I've heard Kyle Petty say that once in your career it'll happen to you. You had the hood over your windshield. Has that ever happened to you before? No, that was that was the first for me. I've had the hood fly totally off, um, but I've never had to drive with it up <laughs> like that. So, uh, yeah, there's a an accordion restart, um, and uh, we have our hood pins. I guess if you're standing at the front of the car, you kind of push them up, right? So um, when we push them up. What happened was, was uh, I got behind Thorne on a restart, accordion restart, um, and his bumper, you know, kind of went, his rear bumper cover went on top of mine, and when it came back down, it pulled all the hood pins out, so that's what caused it. I was just trying to make it to the comp caution because I knew it was close. Uh, unfortunately, they uh, black flagged me and had to make a decision whether to pin it or green, and, or... Uh, I hate doing that. It's the first time I've ever done that in my career, but um, stop and cause a caution and kind of choose the lesser of two evils. Probably would have lost five, six, seven, eight laps um, pinned under green versus two uh, causing yellow. So kind of had to pick my poison there. I hate I hate doing that because I, um, I hate when other people do it, but um, I guess sometimes you got to play the rule book. <laughs> That's good yeah. stuff, man. You also said it was kind of the safest option too, because the the vi I mean, you guys are already limited visually, but then you have that, and it's just hard to get onto pit road. So you said that was the safest option too. Yeah, and I couldn't see out to my left. I could I could only see uh, through the cowl, the square or the rectangle cowl opening, uh, which was in the center of the car. So it only allows you to see off to, to the right. So 
that's how I was driving, and that's really where I could see. So I, I could see out obviously my both my side windows, but I could really only see to the front and to the right. So uh, it was the safest option as well. I was trying to limp it to the end, trying to stay on the lead lap by the time the yellow came out. But like I said, they black flagged me before that. So uh, just trying to take uh, take the uh, path of least resistance and um, and the safest path. So uh, fortunately, nobody got hurt and uh, we were able to get back on the lead lap pretty quick there. Yeah, like you said, you came from two laps down to finish third. You turned uh, what was a minus there to begin there into a, a pretty good day. And like you said, it happened pretty quickly. You got two pretty quick cautions there to get you back on the lead lap. Yeah, it just it took us a while to work on the car and get it right. Like I said, we pretty much had to guess at where to put the car for qualifying. Didn't have any practice on our what I'll call is our standard package there. Um, so it kind of took us all race to really get the car traveling right and where we needed to needed it to be. And once we got it right, I don't want to say we were a winning car, um, but the way the circumstances played out, um, we maybe could have won the race. So, um, you know, I think maybe at the end, maybe we had a, if, if everybody was running at the end, might have had a fifth place car at the best. Uh, I know Bubba was better than us, and um, I think probably uh, Matt Craig was better before he got damaged with the nasty incident. So, um, you know, uh, like I said, it was mediocre. We definitely need to be better at Pensacola. Our our normal package is is not quite good enough there anymore. So uh, we went down there with something different, trying to be better. Didn't work. So kind of played the rest of the week and playing catch up. There was some controversy uh, down there. What are your thoughts on the rivalry with Casey Roderick and, and Bubba Pollard? Um, usually, I'm the one um, causing stuff like that, so I'm gonna just <laughs> I'm gonna just plead the fifth here and stay out of that. So I'm just glad somebody else is feuding, and it's not uh, I'm not involved. So <laughs> I'll just let those guys. I, first of all, I think um, any feud is good, healthy for short track racing, keeps people entertained. You got to have the personalities. I'm glad there's a a good platform with the ASA stars tour to, uh, sort of follow that and, um, and kind of fuel the fire a little bit. So, uh, like I said, I think a, a good rivalry is healthy and, uh, hopefully they can settle it between themselves. Hey, let's move on to Atlanta weekend. How do you uh, feel about how that whole weekend went there? I don't know. We were okay at Atlanta. It's such a, you know, honestly just a dumb, dumb racetrack the way the repave is and it's like half super speedway and half not and i honestly that is the worst racetrack on the schedule and it's not even close so um we had a good truck uh, got stage points in both stages um gotten a wreck there on the last lab that caused us caused us a top or costed us a top 10 um but overall it was actually a, a really good points day for us uh, i think we were one of the only trucks to get stages and or points in both stages so um even though the end result wasn't there it was um, you know, anytime you can come out of Atlanta, dodge a bullet and get, get good points. Uh, it was a good day for us. Gosh, there were so many caution laps. Uh, unbelievable there. Yeah. It's just a product of just the racetrack. You can't race. I mean, you guys saw it. You, there was a line of 20 trucks up top and no one wanted to go on the bottom. It's just, uh, the bottom has no grip. The top doesn't have any grip, but you're in the draft, you know, when you're on the outside, it's just, it's honestly just a terrible race for everybody watching and everybody <laughs> on the racetrack too. It's just, I don't know they need to try and do something with it. Um, try and 
speed up the age of it or something because it's it's a terrible show and terrible for us to race on. That was going to be my next thought here because I've been thinking a lot about Atlanta after seeing that, and it seems like if it ages any more, uh, if it did what it did the last time, you lose even more grip. So you think there would be even more cautions as the track ages. It's it's an interesting thought to me. Well, part of it too is just the package that they have. We have a little itty bitty rig structure plate on that allows us to go wide open. So um, I agree with you to a point, but once you get so far beyond that, so if the track was able to weather a little bit and they actually took the restrictor plate out, we would actually be forced to lift like every mile, other mile and a half we go to. And now you're now it's just another standard mile and a half where you have to lift and have grip and you're not trimming the trucks out. Right now, the trucks are so edgy because we're forced to, you know, build them, you know, take drag, you know, take drag out of them, which takes downforce away, which takes grip away. So you're just having to trim them way out so the trucks don't handle very good. And they got no speed in them because there's a restrictor plate on them. So if they just, you know, went to a standard package and the track weathered a little bit, it probably wouldn't be that bad. So just kind of a product of the rules package that they have us under. Well, they killed Atlanta back in 95, you know, once when they went to the cookie cutter, cookie cutter down there in Atlanta. Hey, that race was delayed, man, and you had to get over to Opa, Alabama and go find your super late, and you were delayed. What was the process of getting out of that racetrack and getting yourself down there for qualifying uh, down at the, uh, um, yeah, the other racetrack? Race I didn't think we had a chance of making it, and then Todd um, came up to me, our late model team owner, and said, hey, there, there's a rain delay and op. I'm like, well, geez, we can make it. So immediately dashed over to the hauler, uh, had a private plane set up and, and flew down. Uh, basically, we were, it was in just just over an hour. I was on the ground in Atlanta finishing the truck race. Uh, an hour and five or ten minutes later, uh, we set up the pole for the Rattler 250. So uh, pretty cool to go down there, no practice. Um, sort of old school. Everyone tells me stories of Trickle just showing up no practice and sitting the thing on the pole uh, for a race at lacrosse or whatever. So uh, it was kind of cool that first of all, have the opportunity to do that and have it be, you know, right after a truck race. And then for such a big race, like the Rattler 250, um, just a really cool opportunity to be able to do that. Um, it was pretty special. I feel like you're, uh, you're selling yourself a little short there because Trickle did it, which was which was amazing. But in today's day and age, with the technology and everything that goes into super late model racing, that is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. It's, you know, like I said, I wasn't around in the Trickle era or anything, so I can't speak to that. But I do know that nowadays there's a lot of lot of money being put into these super late models, and um, the rules are a lot more tight than what they were back then. Uh, so it naturally means that these uh these all these cars are just much closer together and much more competitive against each other so um but that's just really a, a good racetrack for us our package works really well there uh so we're able to you know we basically showed up there with the same setup the last four years and have the same amount of success with it each each and every year so um yeah i wish we could do that everywhere but uh our old <laughs> stuff doesn't seem to work that good um everywhere we go like it does that op so um it's just crazy that over the course of four years we almost haven't changed a spring on the car or anything and it's still i feel like as dominant as it was um 
three or four years ago. So uh, it's been a good run for us at Op. Uh, obviously came up a little bit short there uh, at the end, but overall it was a really cool weekend for us. And, and I got to say this before I move into my next question. I love Trickle. I'm not selling what he did is short, but I just think about today's day and age and, and the technology. I feel like it was not as advanced back then, obviously. Um, you decided to take the challenge to start in the back and go for that extra money there. Um, not the only time you've done that. You kind of made it clear on social media that you were going to do that if offered. Talk to us about doing that. Yeah, I mean, there's only a couple of racetracks I would really truly do that at. Um, you know, probably there in lacrosse, maybe Kakana if I had the opportunity to do it. Um, there's just a few tracks where I feel like our cars are very good and that are capable of winning the race while doing that. Um, and, and op was one of them. So, um, I knew our car was good. We had good speed in it. It was driving good. I knew, um, that if we lost the race, it wouldn't be because we took that challenge. So, um, took the challenge. Um, felt good about it. Thought we were going to win it there for a while. We had a, actually had a left front shock. Um, we blew the shim stack out of it and it was, um, basically didn't have a left front shock there at some point in the second half, uh, of that race, our left front was coming up really high. And, um, I don't want to say that was the reason or not, but it certainly did not help us. So, um, thought our car was really good, drove through the field pretty easily, uh, in the beginning of the race and, uh, got the lead and, uh, just kind of progressively got worse. I thought we were, uh, maybe going to be able to hold them off. Um, but, uh, just didn't have the longevity, uh, in the car to, to hold Bubba off at the end. Yeah, we see that that the lap car kind of affected the end of the race. But hey, when you're racing on against Bubba and he's on top of his game, how is it racing with, uh, you know, you two are the best out there, in my opinion, in Super Lake. How is that racing against Bubba? Yeah, it's it's what you want, right? You're you're going up against, uh, you know, obviously one of the best to ever strap in in a Super Lake model. Um, and he's like I said, like you said, he's on top of his game right now. Um, he went back to, to Seneca's again and, um, they, they hit on something, uh, uh, really, really, really good. He's able to, to take it and, and tune on it with, uh, with the best of them. So, um, they've done a good job. Obviously their cars are, are really good. It's not like they had the best car at Pensacola. They won Cordell. Um, so, uh, their stuff's good right now. Um, I feel like when we hit our stuff, we're as good as anybody. It's just, uh, you know. I don't know. We just came up a little bit short. I feel like if the race would have played out a couple different ways, uh, we didn't, you know, we probably would have been able to hold them off. But uh, that last caution just bunched up the field after I uh, stretched my lead out. Um, it was just a little bit too much to overcome. Moving into this past weekend at Coda, you know, last year you had an issue, unfortunately, with a fast truck pretty early. Uh, this year, you got some good stage points in the first stage by finishing second and end up finishing third. Uh, another good day for you guys. Yeah, really solid day. Uh, I'm not a road course guy by any means, so anytime we can go in there and uh, we qualify third to uh, Chastain and, and Kyle Busch, so anytime you can do that against those cup guys, um, run with them and qualifying and uh, and in the race is uh, is really cool. You know, like I said, I'm not a road course guy. I don't mean to be good at it by any means, uh, but I'm getting better at it. So every time I'm able to run with those guys, I learn a little bit more. Uh, I feel like I'll you know I get a little bit better each time I I run those races. So I uh, just need to be a little bit more consistent in my breaking zones. Um, just need to get just clean up a few things uh, from a consistency basis to try and uh, close my delta up a little bit from lap to lap. But uh, overall, good effort for us. Truck was good. 
Um, Joe made a great pick call to kind of flip the strategy back in our favor after uh, a subpar green flag pit stop. We lost a, a lot more track position on pit road and um, kind of got a little bit of a gift with a, a truck stop down the racetrack. Joe was able to calm me down pit road. Uh, quick decision right before the yellow was going to come out. Uh, the yellow came out while we were on pit road. Um, so the guys that, that weren't able to do that then had to pit under that yellow. We were able to jump on track position with a full tank of fuel and fresh tires. So uh, we were in a good spot at the end. Joe did a good job making that last second call to get us in track position back and uh, were able to, to come on with the top three. I don't know if you were able to watch the, the race back yet or not, but you got a lot of love from Jamie Little and, and the guys up in, in the booth there. Uh, well deserved. What is it? What is it like when you hear people talk about you more now that you've been hitting your stride with Thor Sport the last few years? Yeah, I'm just glad people are noticing. I feel like you know any type of racetrack, no matter what it is, uh, we show up with a chance to win. So, um, and you know, road course racing, I, I was never successful at before last year. Uh, dirt as well. So now I, I feel like we're going to all these all these racetracks with with legitimate chance to win, uh, which is hard to find. So I'm just glad people are noticing. I feel like we're, we're all putting the work in to try and put great race trucks out there. Uh, I know I'm doing, um, you know, everything I can behind the scenes to prepare for these races and be the best I can be when I strap in and uh, understand what situations to put my truck in. And anytime you can, um, you know, I, I have a preconceived notion of what's going to happen before it does, um, you're always better off. So um, just love the opportunity that I've had and, I'm glad we're able to to maximize, um, you know, what we have at Thorsport and what they're giving us. It's uh, really, really strong equipment right now, equipment that's, you know, really capable of winning any race. And I uh, just got to keep top five of them to death and, and continue to get stage points and keep putting our, ourselves in position to win. And, uh, and the wins will come eventually. Hey, on that last lap, it looked like uh, you were going to the last lap. You were going to be fourth place. And then all of a sudden, your partner, Ben Rhodes, destroyed a drive shaft. Um, did you, uh, get any of that shrapnel? Did you run over any of that stuff to get the podium finish you got? Yeah, a little bit. I seen, uh, stuff flying, uh, between the, the short shoot between the second to last and last corner. Uh, so I knew we had broke something. It's really easy to do there. Um, you know, it's so easy to wheel hop there once tires get worn out, especially on the long run. So, um, he probably was just, you know, probably wheel hopped a little bit too much and, um, Eventually, there you know, there's only so much that the drive line can truly take when you wheel hop and go over the rough curbs and bumps. Um, eventually, something's gonna something's gonna give. So, uh, unfortunately for him, it happened to be on the last lap, last corner. Um, so, obviously, a gift for us. We would have definitely ended up fourth there. So, um, uh, you take take podiums any way you can get them. They're hard to come by um, in any upper level of NASCAR. So, um, you just got to keep putting yourself in position to, to run up front and run inside the top five and things like that can happen. Uh, looking forward to this weekend going uh, back to uh, Texas um, at Texas Motor Speedway. Last year at Texas, you finished fifth and had some good stage points as well. Talk to us about going into Texas this year. Yeah, I feel better about our package. I think we learned a lot between um, you know this time last year and, and now. Uh, we've just refined our intermediate package a ton. Um, so we're going with something, you know, pretty similar to what we had at, at Vegas. So um, excited to, to get out there and, 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 and go to Texas again. I felt like that was probably one of our worst mile and a half last year. Um, and uh, going with a little bit different package, uh, I feel really confident about it. 
uh, felt felt good about it in simulator uh, on Monday. So I'm excited to see what we can do. Uh, no live pit stops. It's a non-companion race. So um, there'll be the, the three minute uh, timed caution break. So you can't lose or gain spots on pit road. Um, so for how we've been on, on pit road, I feel like that's a, uh, an advantage for us. Um, there's no, no chance of us losing spots on pit road. So, um, it's a good chance for us to go in and run well and, and, uh, have a chance to win. Uh, same thing with, uh, next week at, at Bristol dirt. So, uh, excited about these next two weeks and, um, hopefully we can get one of them. Well, just to let you know, Mark and I do this challenge where we can only pick a driver three times throughout the season, and you're my pick for uh, Texas there, buddy. So uh, I love what you're you're saying there. Um, hey, you're leading the points for the non-winners, uh, but I have no playoff points just yet. I was surprised by with with by that with how well you guys have been running so far. Yeah, we just haven't been in position to win stages yet. Um, I know I'm sort of being a dead horse, but you know we've got to perform better on pit road and that goes to me you know maximizing everything on and off um of pit road and in the pit stall and um same thing with the team we just need to clean up our everything on pit road and maximize the you know the spots we can gain and and minimize the spots that we lose so um just need to be better at putting ourselves in position and uh track position is important it's hard to make up those spots um when when you get out on the racetrack so I uh, just need a better job of cleaning some of that up, and we've got the, the trucks capable of doing it. Um, I think we finished second in, I don't know, two or three stages, two for sure, um, maybe three stages, and now we finished second. And so um, we've been collecting a lot of stage points, just uh, no stage wins, which obviously convert to playoff points. So, uh, and obviously we haven't won. When you win, that's uh, five playoff points. So um that was a focus of ours this season was was trying to collect those playoff points early to try and get yourself a a buffer when uh when we do get to the playoffs assuming that we make it so uh we have a lot of races to do it like i said we're only uh what four races in now so uh, a lot of racing left in the regular season and sort of the heart of our schedule coming up here a lot of the uh first handful of in the first handful of races you have you know daytona and coda and atlanta which are real wild cards, you know, Bristol dirt, you know, after, you know, once we get going to Texas, Martinsville, Kansas, Darlington, um, you know, North Wilkesboro, Charlotte, we're really getting into the heart of heart of the schedule and some good tracks for us. So um, future looks bright. I feel like, like I said, we have some uh, good tracks coming up and hopefully we can maximize on them. Awesome, man. Well, Hey, we'll, we'll let you go here. We appreciate the, the time so often that you're coming on here and, um safe travels down to texas and good luck this weekend man hey cool thanks guys appreciate it hey man just you, you two guys know that i grew up in the trickle area era man and i'll tell you what i'd put you up against trickle any day man so uh you know i've seen that talent years and years ago man and i've always said that so hey good travels man good luck down in texas i yeah, appreciate that mark take care guys well, Mark, it was great to hear from Ty again. We we didn't talk to him for a few weeks. Man, has he had a lot going on. I mean, you're talking from Las Vegas to Phoenix to uh, Pensacola to uh, Atlanta to up Alabama and then from then to Texas with Coda and to Charlotte and Wisconsin and now back to Texas. My goodness. 
I mean, hey, you're in Austin. I wouldn't it be great if you could just hang out for a day and go get some barbecue and take a day off. But that dude's that dude's all over the place, man. So I, I bet it's the busiest he's ever been in his life, man. So hey, good for him. Stay busy. Yeah. Yep, could could be very well uh, the busiest, but uh, good to good to hear from him. Yeah, for sure. Hey, I like his honesty, man. That's what I asked him about Atlanta, and he told us exactly <laughs> how he feels about that track. We we actually thought that was really going to be super, you know, before you know, our last podcast before Atlanta says, hey, I'm looking forward to this track. It's cured a little bit. It should be really good. And it was really disappointing. And, boy, we found out from somebody that's in the seat that actually drove the place. He told us how he felt about it. Yeah, I mean, there you go again. We're talking about uh, Denny Hamlin's issue just uh, a few minutes before we got to Ty and opening up, and, and Ty was very honest, and that's what uh, you want to hear. And it's good insight, too, because he's the one behind the, one of the drivers behind the seat that's experiencing this. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's got this NASCAR schedule going around, and, hey, all of a sudden the, the super late sitting there and jumping on a plane and flying over here and trying to get in there, do a dick trickle, just go in there and get fast timing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah, I seen trickle do that back in the day, uh, coming up to Kakana, just back off and go hit a track record, you know, with no practice, just like what amazing talent, you know. And, uh, yep, the good ones can do that, man. No doubt. Uh, incredible. Uh, well, let's get into the Coda weekend and what a weekend uh, this was. Uh, we'll start with the Craftsman Truck Series. Uh, Ed Jones had a suspension issue right away and stops on track. Holmes also went around. And then Josevar had no brakes, spins in the gravel and gets stuck. Also mentioned he needs power steering fluid. Uh, some issues for that number 42 truck, unfortunately. Yeah, and he almost kept it out of the kitty litter, and he just dropped it down in there, and he he was stuck laying on his belly. So, yeah, he had a fluid issue there. He was running fourth at the time when he when he put her in there. Yeah, he was running well for sure. Uh, hey, teammates Deegan and Matt Crafton make contact. Crafton spins. That would actually end his day. Uh, he kind of hit too hard there. Well, he went into the kitty litter on a different corner. And he actually got out of there, but, yeah, it, it messed up his vehicle. And, you know, all of a sudden when they came in to fix the vehicle the first time, and then all of a sudden the tire rolled across pit road, just like, wow, when it rains, it pours. And the next thing you know, all of a sudden, oh, they parked it, it's done, DNF. Yeah. Uh, Eckes would win the stage over Ty, Heim, Gralla, Bush, Chastain, Ingram, Zane, Rhodes, and Matt Benedetto. Yeah, good to see Ty get a second place out of there. So, and not bad for not a road road course guy either. Hey, Eckes is the same way too. You know, he's a circular guy, so very impressive to get that stage win. No doubt. Uh, Kyle Busch would go on to win the second stage over Zane Smith, Allen, Friesen, Kligerman, Deegan, Chastain, Honeycutt, Rhodes, and Sanchez. You know, and as I talked about Eckes, you know, as he won that stage, then uh, uh, he lost power steering, and that was uh, his demise, too, and he fell off. That was the end of him. Yeah. Uh, Kligerman had an issue in stops on track. This was during green flag stops. That would benefit Zane Smith significantly and go against Kyle Busch significantly. And Zane Smith would go on to win the race, go back-to-back -back there, over Bush, Ty, Ankrum, Chastain, Heim, Sanchez, Tanner Gray, 
Grala, and Rhodes, who was third but had an issue coming to the checkered, and that issue was his drive shafts came right out of the car truck. Yeah, it did come out, and there was parts and pieces flying all over the place, and the drive shaft was there. Hey, during that whole thing, there was a strategy move that was there, and Kyle Kyle Bush tried to stay on track, and even though it was crew chief, uh, told him to come on in, and Ty thought or Kyle thought that he had a uh, a uh, few more laps to come in, and, and his his strategy, him and him alone, actually that strategy didn't work, and boy, it sure fell right into the thirty eighth lap, didn't it? Yeah, it sure did. Uh, he and he actually, uh, actually, actually burned it up. Uh, he started those flaps on on fire after his burnout, and and the truck burned a little bit. Yeah, did you see that safety worker that came over there and he pulled, he had a fire extinguisher and he just stood there and he, he acted like, I'm a Chevy man, I'm going to watch this Ford burn. And this, this dude stepped up in front, this dude stepped up in front of him and he's the one that put it on. I'm looking at this track worker going, no wonder why we run 13 laps to, to get back to green. This guy just walked up there like he was scared to use the fire extinguisher. Like, what are you doing? The truck's on fire. And some other dude put the fire out and I just... I, I scratched my head on that one. I just like, what are you doing? I think he appreciated watching a Ford burn. I think that's what it was. I missed that, but your interpretation is hilarious. Oh, my God. It was so obvious. Like, what are you doing? But, uh, yeah, the truck was on fire. Um, I hear there's a rule that says you can't do burnouts now with, uh, with the mud flaps anymore. I haven't heard I, that. I don't know if there's a rule there. Or they're talking about a rule that if the mud flaps are laying back there, you can't, you can't torch them anymore. <laughs> well, so, and well, that was a hell of a fire, man. That shit got yeah. hot fast. Hey, uh, let's talk about that because remember you uh, were thanking NASCAR for taking off the um, windshield wiper if there was no chance of rain. I don't think there was a big chance of rain down there that day down at Coda. So if they're going to take off the windshield wiper, why can't we take off the uh, flaps? I don't know how they're mounted on. So hmm. good question. Cool. There was supposed to be some rain in the area. They had a shower just before the race on Sunday, you know, and that all went out of there. And then there was a lot of severe weather east of there, you know, but uh, um, they, they left the windshield wipers on and, and the, the mud flaps, you know, and I'm interested to see how the mud flaps and how they're going to work on trying to, Knocked the, knocked the rooster tail out of them. So, um, not hoping for any wet weather at a racetrack ever, but we all know it's going to come someday and eh, be something to watch. Yeah. Yep. I, I'm with you on that. Uh, the Xfinity race uh, in stage one was won by Almendinger. Then it was Creed, Kligerman, Gibbs, Byron, Herbst, Elgire, Jones, Sammy Smith, and Mayer. Yeah, Hosevar was running the 07 car, and once again, she it puked on lap seven, just like, boy, it, Carson Hosevar have a bad day, oh, not only in the trucks, but then it was his first race in the Xfinity Series, and, and he stalled, and yeah, and that was down to him. He had bad luck that weekend, man. Bad day for sure. Unbelievable. Yeah, uh, for awesome. sure. Yeah, go Austin ahead. Hill has to go to the garage with shifting issues. Uh, and then this is where Hosevar had an issue. Uh, Pardis also stops on track uh, with an issue shortly after that. So uh, some calamity and, and issues going on there. You know, and Brandon Jones, he had a left front tire that blew the freaking uh, fender right off the car. And uh, 
he got that all fixed up. Do you know what? He still came back and he was competitive without that fender on that car at the, the, as that race goes on. But you know what? Brandon Jones and that nine team is so underachieving, man. It's unbelievable. Every year we've seen that nine car, whoever's in that vehicle, it always works. And Brandon Jones has just got the worst luck of the so far. And he's got to get that out of his system. I feel like it's similar to how the 19 goes. It just seems like his luck follows him. 19, same way. Yeah. Uh, even when he's running well, something will happen. And then, uh, well, there was a lot of changes with that team. I mean, you're talking Gregson leaves, uh, Luke Lambert leaves to go with him. So there's there's a lot of swapping that happened at Junior Motorsports in the offseason. Yeah, that's for sure. And, hey, there's, you know, all of a sudden something new, and, it, you know, there's a new thing this weekend that, we didn't stop at the stages. We kept on going, and, you know, some guys hung on long enough to get the stage points and go pit, and some guys tried to stretch it out, you know, maybe could get one less pit stop, you know, through the race. And, um, you know, I talked to you about, like, whoever your competition at your race, and you should do the same things as them because you can get hung out to dry. I mean, we saw AJ, you know, he got he got put way in the back, you know, to, to, to come back through. Eventually it worked out for him, but um, boy, once when you get off sequence with other people, man, and caution comes out at the wrong time, it definitely can ruin your race. That, that's how Kyle, you know, that's what happened to Kyle on, uh, in the truck race, man. You know, it's the strategy, and boy, I tell you what, if it doesn't work, it sure does show up hard. Absolutely, yeah. Um, we've seen that a few times where, um, you know, I'm a firm believer. We went down to the Snowball Derby in 2017 that was our first time down there and we watched ty have a pretty good car and he went off strategy and it didn't work now if it works they look like geniuses and i honestly thought it was going to work in that instance but yeah. after that day i'm going to tell you what i'm a firm believer that if you have a front running car you just do everything the same with who you're racing for the win and let it play out because that can really ruin your day yeah, if a caution don't come out like that happened with Ty down there. Hey, they went home with a set of tires that just didn't do them no good. They never got them to put them on. So, um, boy, but hey, that race after a while, you know, once we got to the third stage and, you know, AJ was racing with Byron and, and unfortunately took Creed out. And, oh, what a bummer that is, dude. You know, you want to race a guy and in them tight corners and you make a little contact, you know, uh, um, felt felt bad for Creed on that that contact that AJ had. Yeah, you know, uh, Kligerman was aggressive on the restart. AJ was in the middle, who had contact with Barry and Almirola. Almirola would go along. Moffitt would be running inside the top ten and have an issue and stops on the track. Then Custer and Mayer spin. Uh, caution comes out for Custer, who stopped. Creed would win the stage there, the second stage over Sieg, Nemechek, Almirola, Barry. Almendinger, Byron Gibbs, Sammy Smith, and Jeb Burton. Yep, I got ahead of myself there, so sorry about that. Yeah, that was too bad when the, um, the double zero went flying into the kitty litter, too. And, you know, if that sand would have been there, he would have took that wall down. But, uh, you know, the, uh, the the sand trap uh, saved him from doing major damage to that beautiful Mustang. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then you're right. Creed and Almendinger make contact for the lead. Creed spins. Uh, Hemrick and Nemechek also make contact, and Nemechek would spin. Yeah, there was a lot of tough racing. Hey, man, who designed this racetrack? You know, I'm going to get after this, too. I love the racetrack. It's beautiful, but there's one thing. 
What do you expect is going to happen in turn one with a 135-degree corner that doesn't even give you the sweeping same uh, distance going in as, as much as it's going out? It, uh, turn one is disappointing to me at that racetrack. Well, you have to remember it wasn't designed for NASCAR. It was designed for Formula One and potentially IndyCar, which there's not as big of an issue because if you make contact, you're probably out of the race anyway. Uh, so it was designed for that. NASCAR decides to go there. Cool track, but that turn one is going to get you with these cars. Someone goes in there. Uh, he does a dive in on the inside, six wide, and the guy that's sixth out on the outside, he's the one to get, or the guy that's in the middle gets dumped just because of somebody else being aggressive. Just like it'd be nice if it was more of a sweeping corner instead of being chopped off. And uh, I guess you call that like a 730 turn as you're going up and then you turn down. And um, um, the S's can also be a ball and strike call, too. Um, I understand just because of other series can't handle rumble strips or curbs, you know, with the curbs that's there. But awesome racetrack. It's just I have a I have an issue with turn one, but it is what it is, you know. And then all you got to do is have all these different restarts and everything, and you just know that they're going to pile them up in there. You got to survive that corner if you want to uh, if you want to be relevant. Yeah, you know, uh, Denny on his podcast this week said maybe that we should do single file restarts. Um, instead of double file, or someone suggested maybe you start the, the on the restarts, you start down further in the last corner or, or wherever, so it's not as uh close and more calamity down in turn one. Uh, so maybe NASCAR will look at that. Well, turn one isn't isn't the answer for for these cars because you they all go in there <laughs> six wide, six uh, six deep. You know, and it's, what do you expect that's going to happen? Hey, all you got to do is just click somebody right center of the hub, you know, and, hey, they, they break, you know, well, look at Larson. And it's amazing what happened with the cup race that Larson did what he did to, to fix the uh, the tow bar that's back there and stuff. So what do you expect? That's what's going to happen. There's going to be major contact there. I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, and, you know, NASCAR did come out and say, I can't remember who it was, um, they came out and said that they like the aggressive racing this weekend, so maybe they don't look at it. Um, uh, I know uh, there's been some people chirping on social media. Have it at it, boys. There you go. The <laughs> one that gets to the closest on the inside, he I guess he rules, and and there's going to be contact. There's yeah. always somebody that's going to end up getting hit in the rear end, and around they go and contact. And uh, Yeah, it, it's calamity corner, man. you got to survive that to move on. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, Elmendinger would go on to win the race over Byron, Gibbs, Sammy Smith, Elgeyer, Hemrick, Mayer, Barry, Creed, and Herbst. Uh, Sammy Smith, Justin Elgeyer, Daniel Hemrick, and Sam Mayer qualify for the Dash for Cash at Richmond coming up now. Yep, Dash for Cash next weekend. Hey, that was a good race between AGA and Byron, man. I tell you what, they, they were just a given her. You look at third place, like hey, they dusted the rest of the uh, the rest of the field. They were like eight seconds back, and it was just between those two. And uh, Byron slipped up on the last S's, and uh, and that gave him AJ the win. But I'll tell you what, that was a good race. That was a good race between those two. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, the cup race then, Brad spins early uh, on lap one and doesn't get back going. Busher and Ty Dillon touch to avoid. 
Dylan spins and collects Johnson. Dylan and Johnson would be done for the day on lap one. <laughs> yeah, lap one. Yep, and it's got two DNFs, and yeah, Jimmy Johnson didn't even get a lap in, so or he got one lap in. So yep, <laughs> well to see how Jimmy could run on a road course, but it didn't last very long. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Taylor, who was in the uh, nine car for Chase Elliott this week, locks up the left front and almost spins Jones, causes a little bit of a stack up there. Yeah, there's all that stuff. And then these guys all with these penalties with the S's. I mean, uh, uh, Logano got it and uh, the 11, the 7, the 34. I just go with the numbers as they were – these guys were cutting the S's. You know, the fuzz was hanging out over at the S's, man. They were busting people over there. Yeah, they were. Um, after those penalties happened, Briscoe spins after contact with Justin Haley, and then a big incident. Bubba gets in super hot. Looked like he almost lost brakes and spins Larson and also gets into Jones pretty hard. Larson goes to pit and gets spun after contact with Hamlin after that. Um, he was just trying to cross over and pit, but Hamlin was there. He almost gets into Bubba, who was also trying to pit. So, there was oil on the track. Bubba would end up being done for the day, and he said he's made uh, rookie mistakes the last two weeks and needs to be replaced. Yeah, that was a comment by him. You know, it's just like, boy, he was really hard on himself about that. But, boy, just think if you're Larson. You're just tooling along, and then you just get smeared right out. It's got to be frustrating, you know. So, But, uh, yeah, that's that's Coda, man. Yep. Uh, Byron would win the first stage over Sindrick, Elmeninger, Bowman, Chastain, Suarez, Bush, Taylor, Bell, and Priest. Uh, stage two would be won by Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon, McDowell, Harvick, Busher, Stenhouse, Larson, Jones, Briscoe, and Gregson would round out the top ten. You know, the one that was getting a hard luck award was LaJoy. First off, he got he was too fast, and then he had other issues. He was dragging the diffuser around the racetrack. Um, once when they looked after the first stage Kyle Pitt Kyle uh, Bush's pit crew said that their, his right front tire would have made one more lap so the, the wear on the tires was there too so but uh, yeah <laughs> that's that's called a, um, don't know how much grip like they said some places are replaced and there's grip there and then some places hasn't been you know hasn't been recoded whatever quite a challenging racetrack yeah yeah it's technical for sure uh, Bell would go around, and then Hamlin goes around a few laps later. Larson had a toe-link break there. Uh, Brad would stop on the track. The fuel, interesting, was getting interesting before that caution for Brad stopping. It was going to be a really exciting finish to see who was going to save enough there. Yeah, no kidding. You know, and uh, AJ, he didn't have no radio, you know, so then they were putting tape on a sign yeah. trying to message like the old times, you know, it's fluorescent tape. He didn't have no tape in there. Hey, they were screaming to these guys, save fuel, save fuel. Um, and uh, like um, like they said up in the booth, they says, well, we always look forward to a caution, but this time we wish a caution would have came out. It would have been interesting who saved fuel and who didn't, but it changed the whole rest of this uh, race right there. Yeah, uh, that I wish it would have um, went to the end there, but I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit. Right. Uh, Chastain, who was up front before the caution gets spun, so does Dylan. Dylan had contact from Almendinger. Then a debris caution sets up OT, and then we get a few more cautions at that. Priest and Blaney 
were two that got damaged. Truex, McDowell, and Suarez were involved in separate incidents after that. And Tyler Reddick would go on and win the race over Kyle Busch, Bowman, Chastain, Byron, Sindrick, Stenhouse, Busher, Gibbs, and Gilliland. You know, when Priest went back out on the racetrack with that car all destroyed there, just like, man, that car was hurt bad. Um, yeah, so we went through some green-white checkers, man. Um, you know, that was that was your guy, the 45, you know, Reddick was the fastest guy. That, that was the guy that you picked. And, and uh, hey, even Kurt Busch didn't even know that there was unlimited, unlimited green-white checkers. You know, you're like, hey, where have I been? <laughs> so. That was a funny comment by Kurt Busch, but uh, yeah, it turned kind of into a, a crummy show at the end, but but we got it in, and uh, yeah, the fastest car did win this race. It was a very bad finish. It was a decent race until uh, we got to the end with too many cautions, and, and this is what I want to say. I am looking forward to Texas and Richmond. And because they can, fe- those are two tracks I can feature long flag green flag runs here. I'm looking forward to just kind of having an even keel weekend coming from Atlanta and then coming to Coda with all the cautions and wrecks that we've been dealing with. I kind of just want to see some cars just going off the track. Some interesting moments for sure, but not all the cautions. My goodness. I'm uh, wore out from that. You know, nine to go, Chastain, you know, and he got spun out and he came back and still got a fourth place. That was amazing in itself. Um, Byron fell back to fifth. You know, so, but, uh, hey, some guys at the end down there, you know, uh, uh, the 47, you know, he got in there, top 10. Um, hey, how about the 38 also? So there's some guys at the uh, on the bottom that actually got top 10s out of it. Yeah, it was cool to see that, you know, Chastain had to come a long way in a, in a quick hurry to recover from that. So, yeah, all of a sudden they just like, where did he come from? <laughs> and then there he was, you know, and he became a factor at the end of the race. And then, uh, hey, uh, uh, Amigo, he was an Amigo 99. He got, he got a little bit sore on, uh, on Bowman. And uh, Suarez was uh, um, using his car as a weapon going down pit road while there was people standing there. The official was pointing it right out, and cooler heads, cooler heads prevailed. But uh, that was kind of a dangerous situation there. We forgot to mention that when we were talking about penalties earlier at the start of this thing i am so surprised that suarez only got fifty thousand because he bumped his teammate out of the way then he got into bowman a few times and if you watch that bowman video he almost loses control and there's no room there there's a wall there and then there's officials standing just shortly after that there is no place for that to happen and you're not I, my amigo you're no my me amigo <laughs> i know that um gibbs got a bigger penalty last year because he did that before but i'm telling you i don't know if i feel that way a little more because bowman had his concussion issues and now you're slamming into the back of him uh like that plus you don't know do people have loosened belts we've heard about that before which I've said I think they should have to keep their belts tightened until um, they're stopped and, and ready to. All out. motors are off. Yeah, motors but, are off, and okay, now you can get out. Yeah, because you've heard like Matt Kenseth had a problem one year with Brad Keselowski. Um, I believe that was at Texas too um, with the Jeff Gordon incident. Um, 
But anyway, um, you just you, I I don't I don't like that. He got fined. So the penalty was he got fined fifty thousand dollars, and that was it. I don't think that's harsh enough. No, no, not for that. How about a little? How about a six month probation? They used to throw probation out all the time, but uh, yeah, that could end up being. I think once when he realized and the official was there in Bowman, the best thing he did is he stopped. He stopped right there. And hey, they actually seemed like they had a conversation. And then after Suarez saw the video, he went and confronted his teammate, Chastain. You know, Chastain, he got moved there at the end. His, the 99 Suarez, his pit crew says, hey, you got enough fuel while everybody else was saving fuel. And he kind of came up there and he gave Chastain the old uh, chrome horn. And uh, um, yeah, there's even some bickering going there. And I think they said that they've had a conversation and a team talk to to say, Hey, we should be working together against each other. So um, very interesting stuff to going on at the end there. Yeah. They seem uh, pretty close actually um, prior to that. So I'm sure that'll get figured out. But uh, Bowman basically just told them like, look, you're barking up the wrong tree. I got into you because the one got into me. Yeah, so, you're exactly right. So he, but they don't see it that way. It's just reminds you of over at, uh, at the LA Coliseum. One guy goes in the corner and somebody four cars back just does an accordion on somebody. And all you see is the guy in the rearview mirror. And that's the first one you want to go choke, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> it is what it is there. Yeah. Yeah. It tough, is. Cor- tough corner and turn one, man. I, I have no, I have no patience with that stuff on pit road with officials there and the concussion issues. I mean, they're still going what, like 70 down pit road there at that point. And Suarez is going, I mean, 20 miles per hour faster, maybe. I mean, that still has to hurt. Yeah, for sure. And hey, another thing that I noticed was Bowman said that his cooling suit wasn't working, and he come out of there, and he looked like a lobster. He says, man, when that thing doesn't work, it'll freaking broil you. And he looked like he was rather hot. So I think what's going on? When Suarez came up to talk to him, it was just like, dude, just like I, I want to cool off. Don't, don't get in my face right now. And yeah, you know, it's hot down there. That's one of the first hot races of the year for them. So, yep, yeah, yeah, that too. So, um, Coda, I was disappointed in the finish of the Cup race. It was an okay weekend, I guess. I'm just looking forward to uh, kind of simmering out here from the super speedway and the calamity of turn one at Coda. Yep. I'll give i I'll give the Xfinity race that that AJ and Byron, that was some, that was the best racing of the weekend. Um, so, but, uh, Hey, we move on, man. That's done with the road course. We're going oval racing this weekend. Yep. So the, the trucks are at Texas and then, uh, the Xfinity and cup is at Richmond. I guess we can go right into our picks here, Mark. Uh, you beat me up last week pretty good. You got two wins uh, on me to my one. Uh, so I guess we did pretty good. So I'll go first for the uh, truck series race here. And you heard them earlier in the show. And I said it earlier in the show, and I'll confirm it right here. I got Ty Majeski. There you go, man. Somebody finally picked Majeski. That's a good pick, man. Waiting for a win. He needs some championship points. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some Christian Eckes at you, man. He uh he seems to be fastest lately. He's been uh, drafting, pushing people. He's got the speed. Um, I'll give you I'll give you some Christian Eckes to beat Majeski. 
that's a good pick too. He's running well lately, like you said. Um, so I think we got a good battle on our hands uh, this weekend. Uh, for the Xfinity Series race at uh, Richmond, actually, let me go back. The uh, previous winner for the uh, Truck Series race at Texas was Stuart Friesen. The last year Richmond Xfinity race winner was Ty Gibbs. And the last year uh, Cup winner at Richmond was Denny Hamlin. Um, in the Xfinity Series race, I'm going to go with a guy who was very strong there last year. I'm going to go with John Hunter Nemechek. Yep, that's the guy to pick, man. That's the one I was going to grab, but uh, you jumped over me on that. So, hey, I got to throw a heavy hitter at you, man, if I'm going to try to beat you. So I'm going to give you some Justin Allgaier. He runs good at Richmond, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll battle it out here at the end and see who gets that one. Yeah, that's also a good pick. If I didn't pick Justin at Phoenix, which did not work out for me, I would have picked him at Richmond, I believe. It would have been a tough choice between him and Nemechek, I guess. Yep, yep. So we're going to have a good battle there. And then, hey, when you go to the Cup Series, I, hey, I'm going to go back-to-back. Uh, Virginia driver, Denny Hamlin, he runs good there. He's gotten a few top fives in a row here. Uh, pretty tough to beat. So I'm going to give you Denny Hamlin for the Cup race. Yeah, I like that pick. I would have mm -hmm. grabbed him too, unfortunately. Uh, you had the first pick there. Fortunately, unfortunately, I guess, because that means I won. But um, I am going to go with a guy who has won there in the past and uh, – I think is still a little bit of a sleeper there. And now he is the point leader once again, after the penalties have been reduced, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with Alex Bowman. Yep. Now all of a sudden he got his hundred points back, you know, so he was in 17, just looking out on the outside, but yeah, he's back up front. So good pick there, man. So uh, Richmond, uh, Richmond this weekend, uh, don't expect qualifying. I don't think qualifying is going to get in. Uh, Xfinity qualifying is at, 8.30 there in the morning, 7.30 our time. And then comes the cup qualifying. They're talking uh, pretty wet there Saturday morning. Um, so, and then the truck race. Truck, they've got uh, um, they've got weather Friday and Sunday. They got a window down there in Texas to run on Saturday. Hey, Xfinity is first at noon. And then the trucks run later on over at Texas a little later in the afternoon. One of them double headers again, man. They've been pushing a lot of double headers lately. It seems like when you get done with two races, you're freaking worn out, man. That's uh, I don't know. I, I I think I like the Friday night, Saturday afternoon, Sunday deal, man. But them double headers, man, it's it's kind of a grueling kind of thing. So, well, yeah. like like I said, I think you know when I said a mellow weekend is because that double header on Saturday from Atlanta. I think we're all recovering from it still. No doubt that was a that was a circus in itself. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, um, we did lose someone in the racing community uh, this week, unfortunately, uh, down at uh, uh, Slinger Speedway. Um, so they're they're experiencing a a loss down there. Uh, Jerry and and I apologize if I pronounce his last name wrong. Jerry uh, Priesgen or Priesgen, um, yep. was in an, an auto accident and, and lost his life. So we did lose someone in the short track community that's very close to us. So um, thoughts and prayers out to, to everyone for the loss of Jerry and um, just some sad news to end on there. Yeah, he was, uh, he even uh, filled in up in Kakana here too. So um, I looked at him, I, I think I've seen him around. So, you know, while we're running around the pits like that. So 
Yeah, yep. So, hey, people live for today, man. Car accident. That's just so sad for their family and everything like that. So, yeah, our condolences and well wishes go go out. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, you know, he would probably want us to go on. So we're gonna we're gonna go on. We're gonna enjoy life for today, and we're gonna look forward to um, Texas and Richmond this weekend. And hopefully, it's a good weekend, and um, we'll enjoy some racing. Yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, how about uh, Luke Fenhouse getting a second place down at Pensacola in the Arca yeah. East race? You know, so he he's good at second places, isn't he? He just can't seem to get over the hump to get a victory. He's always second place. Yeah, with that Cars Pro Late Model Tour that we talked to him about, and then second place in his first Arca East race. Uh, William Sawalich, a uh, guy from uh, up in Minnesota, took the win there. He's a talent, too, so... Uh, unfortunately for Luke, he was he was close though. He was he was there. Yep. So yeah, I saw that and I thought that's pretty cool. And hey, uh, yeah, I think I get to see that on. It's coming on air uh, nine thirty Sunday morning on CNBC, and you can watch the Pensacola Arca East races on their Sunday morning. So that'll get you warmed up for the Sunday race. I'm looking forward to seeing that. So. And hey, buddy, we're getting we're getting a little closer to local racing, man. They're they're starting to get the uh, um, getting the uh, event uh, applications out for um, for the Dells, and I've seen a little bit of a li driver's lineup right there. And Stout Field is always, man, and we're only uh, two two and a half weeks away from that, so I'm uh, I'm getting pumped. Oh yeah, we uh, we are getting close here. It's it's awesome. Uh it's almost hard to believe that it's uh, here already, but um, boy, we've been getting a lot of snow, so we just need some racing. Weather's crappy, but hey, dude, thunder tomorrow night or Thursday, Friday night. There's supposed to be some rather rambunctious thunderstorms around, so I that's a sign of spring. There, we'll hear some thunder, and you know, I'm a, I'm a weather geek, you know, so I dig that stuff too. So, um, all in all, I'm looking forward to the season coming up, man. Getting pumped for it. Oh, hell yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, thanks to Ty for joining us there uh, early on in the podcast. Mark, thanks to you again. And, uh, hey, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Hey, we'll see you later, man. See ya. This has been a production of Lore Sports. Hope you all enjoyed it, and thank you for listening.